are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everyone, to the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damian here with my co-host, Matt, coming to you on July 6th of 2021. Got a uh, got an interesting episode this week. We're going to talk about, go over the All-Star game, um, rosters, the reserved, who we think uh, some of the snubs were, who should have made it, who should have have made it a um, couple pieces of news we have as well and then end with the players of the week but before we get into all of that how are you doing matt doing good uh, just uh just been hanging out and uh enjoying things i hope uh hope everyone out there had a good fourth of july i, I definitely did a little busy this weekend uh but it was uh it was definitely a good weekend so um long weekend that's always nice yeah. so we'll uh pretty good and uh excited to talk about some baseball tonight yeah definitely i just hung out all weekend i didn't do hardly anything <laughs> at all just a good uh good three days to kind of relax and and wind down some had been going on the go for quite a bit so it was good to good to finally rest some oh yeah but we got a uh, we got some interesting things going on here um you know we'll start with some of the injuries that we have which is yasmani grandal tore a knee tendon um, on a check swing yesterday, and he had been dealing with some calf issues before that. But from the sounds of it, it looks like he's going to be out at least four to six weeks. Yeah, that stinks for the uh, for the White Sox. Grandal's not getting a lot of publicity because of his low batting average, but he's actually been really good this year, both at the plate and in the and in the field or behind the plate, I guess is the better way to put it. Um, but he's um, you know he's a great player. The, you know, one of the best catchers in baseball and missing him for an extended period is going to stink. Um, you know, it'll be a good opportunity, though, for the White Sox to get a look at Zach Collins behind the plate. So it'll be interesting to see how he, he handles it. I, I remember him playing in, um, you know, in Birmingham at double A level. And, uh, you know, if he can stick behind the plate, thought he have, might have some potential. But uh, that'll be interesting to see. And uh, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, but Grandal, you know, hopefully will we'll be back for the um we'll hopefully be back for the uh for the postseason so yeah i mean you, you talked about his career you know he's having a low batting average this year with the 188 but he's having a one he has a 1.7 war already this year a 388 on base so he's still drawing a ton of walks and he's over his career uh ops plus so he's his career is a 116 he has a 130 this year despite that low batting average so just kind of kind of talks into how good of a you know RBI guy he can be and that he can uh, can draw those walks at times. Oh yeah, no doubt. So, uh, another one we had was Anthony Rendon went on the IL again for his third time this year. I believe it was a, a hamstring strain as well for him again. Yeah, um, unfortunate for the for the Angels. They they just seem to not be able to catch a break with injuries this year. You know, with, with, between uh, between Rendon, you know, like you said, the third time he's been on the IL and. Uh, you know, Trout being out for such an extended period of time, um, you know, you, you figure you're about to get Trout back. And, uh, you know, in, in a, after the All-Star break, it sounds like he'll probably return, like, right after the All-Star break. You're going to get him back, and then you're going to – now you lose your other superstar again, even though he hasn't quite lived up to his superstar, uh, you know, talent this year so far. But uh, it, it's been – it's been one of those years and the angels have been able to tread water without trout. And you're thinking, man, they get trout back soon. You know, uh, I'm interested to see, maybe they can catch up with somebody and make a run at the wild card or something. Uh, Cause it's unlikely that they'll 
make up an eight game deficit, you know, this late in the season, but you know, maybe make a run at a wild card spot or something like that. And it just stinks for them right now, but all the injuries they've had and, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully Anthony Rendon will be will come back soon. So be healthy. Yeah, so. he was he was just kind of starting to finally find his stride just a little bit. I mean, the results hadn't really shown, but you could tell his at bats were starting to get better. He's starting to find timing and stuff. So yeah, and then this happens. So it sucks for Anthony Rendon because he's he's one of the better players, especially when healthy. So hopefully he can yeah. come back pretty soon after that All Star break and and help them because with Trout yeah. and what Otani's doing right now is just insane. Uh, you can get. Uh, Rendon and a part of that lineup too, and hopefully they can make some sort of a run. Oh yeah. But next one, it's kind of a a, a two part thing. So the Rays end up losing uh, Manny Margot, I believe it was for a hamstring injury as well. But what that's going to allow it to do is it's going to allow them to call up another top prospect that they have, which is a uh, an infielder slash outfielder in Vidal Brujan. Yeah. Uh, first off, you know losing Manny Margot, you know that's that's a blow. He's a guy that was really good and. Um, you know, he was really good in the postseason last year. He's got experience. He's a decent outfielder. Uh, not great with the bat, but he's, you know, he's held his own at times. Uh, can get hot at times. Uh, but they're going to get the opportunity to get a look at uh, Vandal Brujan, who is, I think, is a very talented young player. Um, he's ranked, rated in the top 25, top 30 on most most prospect lists of, you know, uh, in the entire in the entire Major League Baseball uh, not just in the Rays organization. Uh, and he is a guy that has, has very, very, very good plate discipline. He doesn't strike out a lot. And he walks a lot. And he's been able to combine that with a little bit of an increase in power this year to uh, up his prospect status even more. So, you know, this year at AAA, his first taste of AAA, um, you know, 11.6 walks per, uh, walk rate and a 15.7% strikeout rate. And, and, you know, he's got a 116 WRC plus, uh, but that goes along with his nine home runs he's hit. So, uh, which is a, a good number for him, much, much more than he's hit in any other season. So, um, you know, we'll get to see what he does. It's going to be exciting to see him and Wander Franco and, and, you know, Randy Rosarena, who's everyone kind of thinks of as a veteran on that team now, and he's still a rookie. Um, some of these young guys, the Rays have coming up and, um, uh, very entertaining team for sure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Bruhan adjusts to to the outfield, specifically right field, because I don't think he played much right field in the minors at all. I think he was more playing center, yeah. um, and I don't think they're going to be moving Kiermaier away from center anytime soon. So it'll be interesting to see how Bruhan, you know, if if he does stick and he, and they do plan to play him more often, how he handles you know that move to right field because it's not something he's really done much. Um, yeah. before but he's got i mean he's got the speed and stuff to usually make up for it so oh yeah no he'll he'll be fine uh, yeah anytime you anytime you move a guy from like left field to center you, you might worry a little bit but i don't think you're gonna worry too much about moving a guy from center to right i mean as long as he has the arm for it which which I we think, don't know yeah i think uh i think his arm is i don't i don't know how his arm has been graded but i think it's been graded pretty good so yeah it would be interesting if they did end up thinking moving Kiermeyer because he has a really good arm too. Yeah. Well, they won't right. move Kiermeyer. I think the more likely thing is long-term they would trade Kiermeyer, the yeah. Bruhan in center. And then you've got a guy in a guy in uh, Marco to play right or whoever you get to come up, play yeah. right. Another guy. So it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, for sure. Uh, well, another minor kind of, 
the trade we had happen today, at least, and it was uh, Rowdy Telez, uh, first baseman DH from the Toronto Blue Jays, has been traded to the Milwaukee Brewers for Trevor Richards and another lower uh, minor league pitching prospect. Yeah, um, you know, th- I think this is kind of a win-win trade. Um, the the Blue Jays needed uh, some re- need some relievers. They've had some injuries, um, and then you look at the um, you, you look at the uh, the, the Brewers is a team that really needs some help in their lineup, and both are both teams are contenders. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with with these with both of these teams. And, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's rare to see a, kind of a win win trade between two different, um, you know, between two teams. different contending teams this time of year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that's what you're seeing here. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Telez was down in the minors because he still has options left, but. Yeah. I guess they, you know, with moving Vlad over to first, they really didn't have a, a place for him. It's going to be interesting to see how the Brewers really handle it because, you know, none of their first baseman options have been great, but you still have Vogelbach. You have Keston here that you want to get more, some more playing time over at first base. And now you bring Telez up. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, I would I guess that at some point, Telez or Hira is going to get sent back down um, because they've both already been optioned this year. So the option year already counts. So, yeah, yeah and it, it's hard to say which one. I think here, Keston here has been playing a little bit better since he came back up. But, um, you know, it, it just it just depends because, I mean, they, they regardless, they need more bats. And, I mean, maybe you put Hira back at second again or something. And I don't know what you would do with Colton Wong in that case. But in the meantime, Dan Vogelbach is out with an injury. So you need you needed to replace yeah. him. And I think they did with Rowdy Telez. It's very similar style of player. So. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, the last piece of news that we have, as far as that's concerned, um, is that Trevor Bauer uh, has been under investigation for an alleged sexual assault claim. Um, he's been placed on the uh, commissioner's exempt list, or, or whatever. I don't know what that list is called. Basically, he's not allowed to be around the team right now. Um, the the woman has, you know, been granted a, uh, a not a not a restraining, yeah, restraining order, pretty much. Yeah, no um, order. But there's all kinds of stuff that's come out about this, but we don't want to go too much into depth about everything until you know it's completely solved. But it's looking like an, a lengthy absence from Bauer. Um, even in these cases, usually suspensions come if case if charges aren't even filed or whatever. But um, so pretty much. It would look like right now that Bauer's probably going to be away from the Dodgers for the rest of this year, at least. I think if he gets suspended, he's not eligible for the postseason, anyways. So, uh, not a yeah. good, not a good look for somebody who just signed a, you know, a massive, a massive deal, yeah. and, and so. Yeah, it's it's t- it's 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 a tough situation, and um, you know, I won't start to think about whether or not you know what what's going on here, whether the the. I, I know something happened because they both said something happened between them, but you know, whether it was, you know, what, what, it, what exactly it was that happened, you know, that's, that's something that we don't know. So I don't want to yeah. you know, go spew about things that aren't facts and we don't know for sure. But, um, you know, if, if her story is true, you know, this could be the end of Trevor Bauer. And it sounds like they are investigating on criminal charge type stuff too yeah. not necessarily that that's gonna come into anything but or that they have any form of burden of proof or anything that could you know get him in a, in a real legal 
in real legal troubles. Right. But, um, you know, the fact that they do have a possibility that there, there's a, there's a possibility that that's, you know, that that's on the table. She's, she's pursuing that at least, um, which shows a lot to me a lot of times, but it, it's hard to say. And, you know, um, for, from the Dodgers standpoint, the baseball standpoint in this, which honestly is not the number one standpoint. The number no. one standpoint is if, if this story is true, then, you know, that's a, that's the, you know, you, you, you hope that, you know, that that's a much more important thing. But from the baseball side of things for Trevor Bauer, this is a horrible situation for the Dodgers because he's just on administrative leave and he gets paid. Mm-hmm. So he's getting paid a lot of money to not play right now. Right. And if you're the Dodgers, you want him back or you want this to be resolved as quickly as possible. And in these cases, this typically doesn't get resolved very quickly. So, no. um, you know, we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, hopefully some resolution comes out of this. Cause I don't like if Trevor Bauer really didn't do anything, you know, wrong, illegal, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, you know, he shouldn't be sitting there, not able to play. So that's a bad situation for him and for the Dodgers. Cause if he didn't do anything wrong, then it's a horrible situation for them to have to pay him not to pitch. But if he did do something wrong, you want that resolution because then you, you know, he gets a suspension, you get to move on and, and figure what things are going to be. So we want a quick, everyone I think wants a quick resolution to this, but they want it to be thorough. They want to make sure that, you know, the, the investigation is, is accurate. And, you know, I think that that's the, I think that's kind of the gist of it. But, uh, right. you know, this is definitely a story to track going forward. Yeah, and, and one thing I, I do want to mention is that um, there's a lot of people saying that the Dodgers should cut him right now and or that they should have disciplined him way before MLB disciplined him. And that's not allowed per the CBA rules. Yeah. So everyone's trying to compare it to what happened with Clevenger and Plesak last year in Cleveland. That's It's completely a different uh, scenario because they broke they gotta... team rules like for COVID. Yeah, but, they got they got optioned though too. Like they didn't get put well, on administrative leave or no, something. They got the, optioned. And they had the options team, left. But the team suspended them too from from things. But the problem is, is under the CBA that was agreed to, the, the Dodgers were not allowed to do anything. MLB had to be the one to do it. Yeah. Um, and everyone is. I mean, I've seen a lot of it. It's coming out. Oh, it's the Dodgers. It's not the Dodgers. It's the MLB. The the Dodgers' hands yeah. are tied. So. Anything is not going to happen by the Dodgers. It's going to be happening between Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball. Yeah, and I, I, I do believe that the Dodgers handled this about the way they should. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, that this is an investigation that doesn't involve them, but, you know, and right. I mean, you're – your hands are tied here and MLB. I think it was, I think so far it's been handled exactly how it should have been. MLB stepped in, put him on administrative leave. Right. You know, it's obviously not fair to him. He's innocent till proven guilty. It's not fair to him until to, to, you know, not be able to get paid. Um, and you know, no, and, and, and everyone was freaking out saying that because the, this stuff broke, like as we were recording the episode last week. So we couldn't, I mean, we didn't even know any about it really until like Wednesday. But they were like, oh, he should have been put on a leave right away. It's like, well, he wasn't scheduled to pitch until Sunday, and you're only really allowed seven days of leave before they have to get permission from the Players Association for it. So it made sense to wait until, I think it was Fridays when they did it. Yeah. Um, 
it made sense to wait until then to do it. But like you said, I, I think everything's being handled the right way, and he is innocent until proven guilty. Now, do the signs look that it's very bad? Absolutely. But we also don't know the whole truth yet. And this is a, you know, a criminal investigation is being handled through the Pasadena Police Department. And their chief has even said they were close to wrapping this up. And then a lot more things came to light. They really now it's it's going to get drug on a little bit more. So who knows what that means? But it, yeah. it, it doesn't look like it's going to be, you know, any kind of a quick resolution. And like I said before, in these instances, even if charges have been dropped or, or charges are not been pursued, players have still been suspended for a really long time yeah. um, for instances like this. So it, it I, likely Bauer's not going to pitch for the Dodgers again this year, at least, even if and nothing comes out of it because um, yeah. he will be suspended of some sort. And most likely it's like 80 games. We're already past that standpoint and he's not eligible for the postseason if he gets that suspension. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with it, but definitely something to track. So absolutely. Um, but let's jump on to a, to a better note now. Um, a little down there, but we have the all-star rosters have been announced, the starters and reserves. Um, and there's been a lot of discussion about who's got snubbed and who hasn't been snubbed. So let's look over at, let's start with the American league. Um, we'll go over the starters. We got catcher Salvador Perez, first baseman, Vlad Guerrero, Jr. Uh, second baseman, Marcus Simeon, third baseman, Rafael Devers, shortstop, Xander Bogarts. Uh, your three outfield spots are Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Teoscar Hernandez, um, and your starting DH is Shohei Otani. Um, Shohei Otani was also uh, voted in as a pitcher, so he's the first person in history to be voted in as a hitter and a pitcher. Um, but let's jump to the reserves real quick. Uh, you got Mike Zunino, catcher for Tampa Bay, uh, Jose Altuve, second baseman, shortstops, uh, Bo Bichette and Carlos Correa. First baseman, Matt Olson and Jared Walsh. Jose Ramirez for third base. Uh, four outfielders, Michael Brantley, Joey Gallo, Adolis Garcia, and Cedric Mullins. Uh, and then two DH spots with J.D. Martinez and Nelson Cruz. Yeah, uh, so the, the, the main part of the lineups here, I think that, um, you know, first off, to start off, voting, all-star voting is usually not very good. I mean... I don't think Teoscar Hernandez is an all-star. I think he's a really good player and he's useful, but you know, he's missed a lot of games this year. I don't think he should be an all-star Mike Trout, obviously, obviously an all-star caliber player. He hasn't been playing much, so he shouldn't be an all-star, you know, just because he hadn't played, um, you know, obviously not on his own fault, but, um, so, so, I mean, that's a couple guys who, and obviously Mike Trout being injured, he'll be replaced. So that's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, since, since he'll be replaced by somebody, but you look at their, uh, you know, you look at the reserves and I think most of them, uh, you know, are pretty good. Um, you know, uh, we talked to Damien and I talked a little bit before the show about Mike Zanino and I thought maybe that Mike Zanino was, wasn't, you know, that, that great, but you know, he's actually had a pretty good year. He's only hitting 197, but he's also hit like 20 home runs and he's, you know, been a really good defensive catcher as usual. So Tampa Bay needed an all-star. So it makes sense. Um, I do wonder where, um, where Yuli Gurriel is because he's had a career year this year and has been really, really, really good. And I feel like he's probably been as good, if not better than a couple of these guys. And, uh, 
I mean, maybe, um, you know, maybe Whit Merrifield too. So, um, I, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure what, what's going on there, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. And the tough part is what we were talking about beforehand is if you don't know the all-star, every team must have one all-star. So that kind of limits the amount of people that can get in here because if you're forcing a team like the Detroit Tigers who probably don't have an all-star on their roster to have an all-star anyways, um, you know, it's going to take away from some of the other better teams. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's one thing we have to look at as well. Yeah, that, that's true. And But I think that you definitely should have – I think that Yuli Gurriel has been better than Jared Walsh. I like Jared Walsh a lot, and I think they're both good, but I do think Yuli Gurriel is the better option. And yeah. also, you know, you've got, I don't know, but it's it's one of those situations where, and you've got all, you know, you've got those those players in there. Like, you talk about, um, I mean, Cedric Mullins is a deserving all-star. He's the only one from Baltimore. But, you know, a couple other guys. Uh, I mean, Nelson Cruz is the only all-star for, for, uh, for Minnesota. I believe um and then i don't know it's it's just tough to it's tough to leave a couple of these guys out yeah. like you know especially like a, like a whit merrifield or a yuli guriel when you see guys like you know that that probably aren't quite as good as them in in there but yeah and like um, you said usually all-star voting is not very very chaos or hernandez i, I think there. i think the voting this year did a better job than it has in years past i mean like you said, Teoscar Hernandez, you can make something for Mike Trout, obviously, because he's been hurt. But I think all the other positions are pretty much who they should be. Like, I think it should be Salvador Perez. It should be Vladimir Guerrero. It should be yeah. Simeon, It should be Devers, Bogarts, Judge, Otani. Like, I, I think yeah. they got all of those positions right. Yeah, and, and one other thing on Otani. I don't agree with them naming him a pitcher, too. Because as a pitcher, I don't think he's all star caliber yet. I think that you know DH, he obviously should be the starting, the starting DH because he's been so good at the plate this year. But I do think there's still work to be done for him to be an all star caliber pitcher. And uh, you know, I I think there's a lot of hype about him because he. But if you look at it in a in a vacuum, and if you look at him just as a player, like you've got to figure that that value is insane. But if you just look at it in a vacuum as labeling him an all-star pitcher, I don't necessarily think that's the case. If you look at it in a vacuum and say he's an all-star DH, then absolutely he's the all-star DH. But I don't know if throwing that pitcher thing on there just seems to me like they're kind of – and I don't I don't think they had a, a fewer – they did have one fewer starting pitcher because they named Otani a pitcher. So I think they probably should have kept him on there and, and, and named another starter. But – anyways yeah I ran the, all the, that the, over. the thing is is the the pitchers were done by managers and players so yeah. that's not a fan vote so well right i, I agree i well, agree I, I'm, but i'm letting yeah. the other people if they don't know that yeah um so if i mean obviously i guess the, the players thought that he should be deserving as a pitcher um and the players and the managers like you said you could probably put a different starting pitcher on there for Otani. I think they just want to make the history. Of course, you know, Otani's yeah. the first player ever to do this. And I mean, like you said, his DH, what he's been doing. I mean, he leads the league in home runs. Oh yeah. No doubt. Like, no doubt. He, he should insane. be the, yeah. So he's, he's easily the, 
the an all star DH. I'm just yeah. saying that like I think it's I, labeling a, him all star pitcher is yeah. I think it's, it's more, more of a publicity play. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is that yeah. and I don't I don't really like that when it comes to you know naming all stars or MVPs or something. You, you know, it's like saying that he's an, a Cy Young candidate. He's got like he's right. averaging like six walks per nine innings. He's he's got great stuff and he's already right. a useful pitcher, but he's not he's not at that level yet. So. Well, and, and we can jump to another another one of these pitchers that we probably agree should not be an all star. You know, even if it is voted by the players, but that's right. uh, that's Shane Bieber. He was announced to the all star team uh, with Garrett Cole, Nathan Eovaldi, Kyle Gibson, Yusei Kikuchi, Lance Lynn, and Carlos Rodon are the starters there. Um, then the relievers are Matt Barnes, Aroldis Chapman, Liam Hendricks, Ryan Presley, and Gregory Soto. Yeah. So when it comes to uh, Shane Bieber. Um... I mean, so the pitchers this year are difficult to. It's difficult because we we've had issues with that with the substances. Um, so you know Shane Bieber, number five in the league, and and wins above replacement for pitchers. That that's all star worthy. I mean, you know, a three twenty eight ERA is all star worthy. 12.9 strikeouts per nine, 3.28 walks per nine. All, all, all of his numbers are all-star worthy, but you wonder about the 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 because he hadn't been as good since the spider attack. And the same goes for Garrett Cole, although his numbers are so still so good that you kind of have to have him on there. Um, but I mean, I, I don't have a huge problem with Shane Bieber. You know, I don't think he should be the all-star starter. Um, well, but, isn't, isn't he on the IL? And yes, I was going to say he's on the IL, so you know he'll get replaced. But, um, you know, he's a guy that I think, you know, I'm not a huge, I'm not huge on what he's done late recently. Um, but I mean, you look at some of the other guys on there, uh, you say Kikuchi, um, you know, probably not all-star worthy, but Seattle needed an all-star and he's been, you know, way better than he was last year. Miles better. He, he's actually looked like a pretty good MLB pitcher. So that's, that's good to have him on there. Um, give him a little bit of love for that. Um. So that that's a good thing, and uh, I mean, you know, uh, these other guys, pretty good. Kyle Gibson's been good, you know. I don't know if he's been better than some of these guys. Obviously, Texas has other all stars, so I mean, I maybe would have looked at Jordan Montgomery, Dylan Cease, Chris Bassett as a guy that probably could have been on there, and one of those guys might get named to the team afterwards. Um, you know, you look at the two White Sox pitchers, Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, obviously deserving. Um, relievers, um, I think that Aroldis Chapman being an all-star is a joke. He's got a 471 ERA, and I know he had a good first two months, but since then, and since, and mainly since spider tack stuff happened, he has been atrocious. I mean, walking guys at a absurd clip, you know, can't control any of his pitches, and he's blown four or five games this month. And, uh, you know, I think if you look at it as a totality, he has been very very average this year as a as a pitcher yeah i it's hard for me to take away from his first 20 innings that he had this year i mean he's only pitched 28 and two-thirds are so on the year in total but those first 20 innings he's only allowed he only had one earned run um so his era was a 0.75 um in just may and, and that's not including his other eight innings that he had in, in march and april that had nothing um and even in that in this time his his uh, fly ball rate has went way down. He's got a lot more grounders, so a lot more of the hits that he's giving up are sneaking through. He's just giving up more homers. 
Um, but he's he's actually getting people to put the ball on the ground a lot more, and it's just finding a way to to get through. He's walking so many guys, though. That's the problem. I mean, hasn't that always been a case with Chapman? He always not loses not control. at this not at this level. I mean, not not not. I mean, he's he's got six, six and a half walks per nine. I mean, it, in the past, he's been a guy who you know maybe four walks per nine because you know obviously throwing as hard as he does, it can be hard to control. But you know, mm-hmm. he has not been. He, he, he hasn't been anything anything like the Aroldis Chapman that we've seen for so long. I mean, you look at his you look at his numbers this year. This on on, on the season. Aroldis Chapman at twenty eight two thirds innings pitched. He he's got a ton of strikeouts, which is normal for him. Six point two eight walks per nine. One point five seven home runs per nine. He's got a four twenty one FIP, a four seventy one ERA. I mean. You know, I'm not trying to sit here and say he's not a good pitcher because that's not true. He is a good pitcher, but you know, I don't think that's all star worthy or even close to all star worthy. And going forward, the rest of the season, maybe you know, sure, maybe he regains his form and, and pitches well. But I mean, I, I you know, I have a hard time with a guy that has pitched. You know, maybe he has pitched 20 really good innings, but he's pitched eight atrocious innings too. Well, and then so, you look at his. I mean, you say his FIP is 421. You look at his XFIP; it's still 293. So yeah, and that, and the XFIP counts into where the home runs are not as valuable, right. and, and that's a, a 293. So right, he, he's got a very high home run per fly ball rate, which which is probably uns- not sustainable. But when you look at All Star, you look at guys who have performed this year, and I look at guys like, you know, why why is, why is, here's a list. Scott Barlow from Kansas City has pitched 12 more innings, has a 199 ERA, a 1.98 FIP, a 2.79 XFIP, with all those numbers better than Chapman. hasn't has not walked has walked probably half the rate of Chapman, and has struck out a comparable rate number. Chad Green has been better than Chapman uh, by, by by you know a lot of traditional metrics. Emmanuel Classe, uh you know, average fastball, 100 mile an hour. Maybe you could replace Chapman with another Chapman. Um, he's got a, a 151 ERA on the season. Uh, I mean, there's so many options that could that would be better to, to throw in there than Chapman. And I think Chapman's just doing it off, of, just making it off of his reputation for the past. You know what he's done in the past. But um, you know, I, I really, really strongly disagree with having him in the All Star game. And I would have had one of these other guys who's been far better than him this year. As a whole, I mean, these guys haven't had eight bad bad outings. I mean, so I think that's one of the first things we disagree on, actually. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's, uh, pretty interesting yeah, it's to, uh, but, to disagree on something. Yeah, but but the rest of these relievers that that made it are, I mean, I'm 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 fine with. I mean, obviously, I don't think Gregory Soto's is good, but Detroit needed somebody, so yeah, um, the other guys have been really good. But well, let's jump over to uh, to the National League now. Um, we have our starters, which is uh, Buster Posey's at catcher, Freddie Freeman's at first base, uh, Adam Frazier's at second base, Nolan Arenado's at third base, Tatis is at shortstop, um, Acuna is in the outfield with Castellanos, Jesse Winker. Uh, and then you look at the reserves, you've got JT Realmuto for catcher. Um, second baseman, you have Ozzy Albies and Jake Cronenworth. Third baseman, you have Chris Bryan and Eduardo Escobar. Uh, you got Max Muncy for first base. Shortstop, you have Brandon Crawford and Trey Turner. 
And then you got the outfielders of Mookie Betts, Brian Reynolds, Kyle Schwarber, uh, Juan Soto, and Chris Taylor. Yeah, so this is an interesting um, interesting team. I think if you look at the starters, um, well-deserved for Buster Posey. He He's really – he's gotten healthy and he's really turned around his, his – you know, the, the second half of his career, the, the narrative of him uh, this year with a, a well-deserved all-star start. Freddie Freeman, you know, hasn't had the best year. I think that he probably should be an all-star, but I think Max Muncy probably ought to get the start there. Um, but, you know, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, Freddie Freeman's, you know, he's actually been super unlucky. He's been killing it lately. Last couple of weeks, he's he's really started to get his numbers back up. But, uh, you know, I would probably go with someone else as a starter. Maybe have him as an all-star. But uh, look at Adam Frazier, you know, had a great year at second base. Nolan Arnato, you know, t- has been good. T- Fernando Tatis Jr., Acuna, obvious, obvious all-stars. Castellanos and Winker have both been really good. Uh, really reserves wise, um, you know, Chris Bryant for some reason is listed as a third baseman, and I don't really know if he should be an All Star anyways with the way he's played recently. Uh, he had a really good start to the year, but recently it's been pretty, uh, pretty forgettable. I mean, as a whole in the season, he's probably still All Star level, but it's hadn't been great. He should be listed as an outfielder anyways, so he's played mostly outfield. Um, you know, glad Brandon Crawford got on the team. Um, everyone else on there, I don't, I don't really have a strong disagreement with with the rest of these guys. So, well, I mean, there's obviously going to be a couple guys that are that are, we probably feel get snubbed. Um, you know, like, and, and they they could be replacements because Schwarber got hurt and it looks like a long term yeah. issue, so he could probably uh, probably get replaced. And maybe at that point, you add another infielder. If you're looking at Chris Bryant as an outfielder at that point, you can add somebody like Justin Turner, who probably deserves to be in over Chris Bryant at third base anyways. Um, You know, the catcher situation, you have JT Real Muto. You could probably take Will Smith in over him. Just if you look the stats directly, but I mean, Real Muto gets the reputation part of it as well. Um, Posey's dealing with a little injury right now with uh, something on his thumb, so hopefully he's actually healthy enough to play in the game at that point. Who knows that yeah. he might he might decide to to you know give his hand a rest for that point. But yeah, you I could mean, also um, you could also put Omar Narvaez in that category of maybe yeah. could should get a shot at the catcher. He's been really good for the Brewers this year. Yeah, I mean if you look at Mookie Betts, probably shouldn't be on here as an outfielder either. He, I mean he's having a, a decent season, but he's not having a Mookie Betts esque season at all. Um, yeah. But you could probably find another outfielder. I don't have one off the top of my head that you could probably put in there instead. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Let me see if, if there's. Yeah, think. there's there's a there's several there's several guys that I mean could have been all stars, but honestly, you know, as, as a whole, I don't really disagree necessarily with with the with the list there. I mean, you know, there's not there's not too much of, you know, there's not too many guys that I I think I would just say are shoe ins to be better be in there over the guys that are in there. So right, well, I think they for the most part got it right. Let's go ahead and jump on and look at the starting pitchers so far. So we got uh, Corbin Burns, Yu Darvish, Jacob DeGrom, Kevin Gossman, uh, Herman Marquez, Trevor Rogers, Zach Wheeler, uh, Brandon Woodruff. And then in the bullpen, we got Josh Hader, Craig Kimbrell, Mark Melanson, and Alex Reyes. 
yeah, so I look at the starting pitchers, and I mean, there's a lot of good starting pitchers in the National League that are deserving. Um, the only two guys on this list that I think were replaceable from the list, probably uh, Herman Marquez and Trevor Rogers. Um, you know, Herman Marquez obviously is Colorado's only one, so he kind of had to be in there. Of course, you could have also gone with with uh, Trevor Story as one of the infielders instead, but I think Trevor, I think you know Marquez is a really good pitcher, so I, I, I like him. So I think that's fine. Trevor Rogers, Miami's only one. You know, you could have kind of taken a you know pick one out of the three between him and Pablo Lopez and Alcantara and. Um, you know, I, I love, really like Trevor Rogers though, and I'm glad he's getting his recognition. Um, you know, obviously, like like you said, there's some other guys that could have been, you know, up for this too. Um, and then relievers, I mean, Hader and Kimbrel are obvious the way they pitched this year. Alex Reyes, I didn't really expect when I saw that, but then I kind of looked at his stats, and he's actually been extremely good. So um, I'll I'll stick with I'll be I'm okay with that. And uh, Mark Melanson, I mean. You know, there's some other guys you probably could have thrown in there over him. He's probably in there just because of the the fact that he's the leader in saves, which I'm, you know, not a huge fan of the stat. But, um, you know, there's some other relievers that I think have probably been better. But, um, you know, I, I think that's not a huge, huge ordeal. So, yeah, we were talking before the show and we were saying how many pitchers that could really be true all-stars this year or that would be all-stars in any other year except this year because everyone's just been insane like you got a guy like Taiwan Walker who has you know he's seven and three with a 244 ERA he didn't make it Freddie Peralta has a 217 ERA and 122 strikeouts and 87 innings he didn't make it Max Scherzer, who's you know been an All Star pretty much a shoe in every year. Kershaw didn't make it. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going down this list. Two ten yeah. ERA for for Scherzer. Walker Bueller, he was eight one with a two thirty five ERA, didn't make it. Musgrove, you know, two sixty three didn't make it. And then you get to guys like Anthony Biscofani, who probably could should make it. Kershaw, who probably should make it. Ian Anderson, Julio Urias. I mean, there's there's a bunch of guys that didn't make it from the rotation. Let alone you look at the relievers and you got guys like. Kenley Jansen, you know, TJ Antone, Tyler Rogers. I mean, they, they've all been very well. And Edwin Diaz, even to some extent as well, um, are all guys that, that could have very easily made it in any single year. But, I mean, Corbin Burns, Hugh Darvish, DeGrom, Gossman, Woodruff, Wheeler. I mean, what they've done this year has just been a whole nother level of good. That, that There's just no way you could take any of them off, like you were saying. Um, and Herman yeah. Marquez, I mean, we didn't talk about it because it – it didn't happen, but he was two outs away from a no hitter in Coopers field the other day. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's a, a great game and, and he's a guy who's always suffered because of that Coopers field effect. But if he went to another place that that's not, you know, Colorado and in that elevation, he could be really, really good pitcher too. Yeah, he, he would, he would be good. And, um, you know, just looking at the list, I mean, you, you definitely do have like, you could look at, you know, Edwin Diaz, maybe even, uh, you know, Aaron Loop has been extremely good this year, honestly, but he hadn't pitched enough innings. But uh, Giovanni Gallegos could be there over Alex Reyes from the Cardinals. I mean, there's definitely some uh, some 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 guys that could be on there over guys that are in there. But, uh, you know, a lot of these pitchers will end up getting replaced in the All-Star game anyways because yeah. of. You know, because of the because of guys who start like the week, the, you know, the day before the All Star break or whatever. So, 
you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But um, definitely, definitely interesting to see. Um, you know, interesting to talk about. I think it's always a good discussion. The All-Star Game always brings up a lot of debate because you have a lot of these guys get picked off of, you know, kind of old school, um, kind of an old school, you know, look at the stats, look at whatever, and, and get picked off a of reputation. And then, you you know, you get a lot of guys picked off of the fact that, oh, my gosh, this guy's having a breakout year and he's, he's playing really good. So it's kind of a mix, and there's always a lot of good debate. So I um, definitely like discussing kind of a, what, what these all-stars look like and, you know, who's actually good enough to be all-stars, who's overrated, all that kind of thing. So um, definitely interesting stuff there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more. You know, when we have our episode next week, the Home Run Derby will have happened. We'll have pretty much who the starters are going to be. Um, you know, starting pitchers at least. So we'll, we'll hit a little bit more. Yeah. Who, episodes. who would you pick for, for out of the current all-stars on both sides? Who would you pick as the starting pitchers? Uh, I mean, I think you have to go to Grom first of all. Yeah. I mean, he's just been absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, and I just, let's see. Out of the AL list, it's, it's so hard to pick a starting pitcher because normally I would say Garrett Cole, but with the whole issue of the spider attack and stuff, it's really hard to pick Garrett Cole just based off his stats because he's, you know, he's been one of the main, you know, one of the main culprits in that. And his he's definitely taken a step back since that enforcement started, like a major step back in his, in, at least in the way he looks. So. I, if I had to pick one, it would probably be you couldn't go wrong with Lance Lynn or Rodon, um, the two two of the, the Chicago White Sox guys. But I, I think I'm gonna go with Kyle Gibson. He's really? had such a good year and, and especially for Texas being so under the radar. Um, I mean the the year his year's not being talked about the way that it probably should be. I mean, he has a one ninety eight ERA and ninety five innings in sixteen games. And six and zero with a four point four. I mean, six and zero for for Texas. I know wins and loss don't say much, but for a team in Texas who doesn't score a lot of runs, to not have given up one run, and you know, in a game where they didn't score anything for you and have an unbeaten record, yeah. um, and a really low whip for his career. I mean, he's a guy who has a four thirty seven career ERA. I mean, Kyle Gibson would probably be the guy for me, honestly, if you're not going with Garrett Cole. Yeah. Yeah, that that's interesting. I mean, I probably based on what I see from the from these, you know, the guys that are on the team, it's really hard to say anybody but Garrett Cole. Um I normally probably would have said Tyler Glass now, but since he's injured, right. not play, pitching, you know, I, I probably would go with Garrett Cole, but man, I, I mean Lance Lynn is a good option and uh you know, I think that uh I honestly think that Nate Valdi's not a bad option. He he's his he's not going to be liked by the um, you know the classic community, and he should, and he probably shouldn't be the starter, but he leads the American League and wins above replacement for pitchers. I thought that was kind of interesting to, to see. You know, it, that's you wouldn't expect that out of all the pitchers, but the American League pitching pitching just looks kind of weak. I mean, yeah, honestly. compared to the NL, we were just talking. Yeah, I mean, about the NL it. is insane, but the American League pitching does look kind of weak. I mean, you got in, in the top ten and wins above replacement for pitchers. You've got Jordan Montgomery, Dylan Cease. Chris Bassett, Sean Manaya, you know, 
Nate Evaldi, Lance. I mean, it's like, you know, these guys are not like big names. I mean, you got, you know, Lucas Giolito sitting there 13th. Right. Um, it, it's just, it's the, one of those things. A, like, a lot of the American League starters that we know are have either been traded to the NL or they're out. I mean, yep. you look, Snell's usually a guy that was in there for Tampa Bay. He's not there. Yep. Verlander's been out for Tommy John. Chris Sale's out with Tommy John. Like you said, Giolito yep. didn't get picked this year. I mean, Glass now, he's, you know, he hasn't really been an all-star before, but he's he was on his, yeah. on his pace to be one this year. I mean, yeah. A lot of the a lot of the bigger name guys are just not not there anymore, you know, or, or injured. So they, they that's why it kind of looks a lot weaker than it, what yeah. it usually does, at least. Yeah, no doubt. So, but uh, definitely interesting stuff. Um, you know, I think it's um, you know, I think it's a good conversation, and um, you know, I obviously that's a big honor for pitchers getting to start the All Star game. And, you know, a lot of times that does come down to the fact that a pitcher is not. Um, you know that that a pitcher is not has pitched like the day before the All Star break or something, not eligible to pitch in it, that kind of thing. But still, that that'd be really cool for some of these guys who you know aren't typically your thought of as All Stars to yeah. get that opportunity. So yeah, and that, that's why I kind of yeah. with Kyle Gibson because usually it goes, it's yeah. most likely going to end up being Garrett Cole just because he has the the name recognition and the and, you know and the history of it. Um, yeah. But it, it probably should go to one of those other guys, you know, like a, like a Gibson or, or Flynn or, or Donnie. Yeah, so. I agree. So. Well, let's jump over to our uh, to the players of the week and end this episode out. Um, who do you got for your uh, your hitter this week? So my hitter of the week is a guy who um, is actually going to be pretty uh, – <laughs> he's going to be pretty um, pretty big subject over the next month, I, I would think, uh, with the trade deadline coming up. Um but that guy is Joey Gallo, and Joey Gallo went on a tear in the last week um, with a uh, 333 average, 417 on base, and a 1.048 slugging percentage, um, which, you know, he hit five home runs. Um, he's a guy who had 274 WRC+, plus, and he put up 0.6 wins above replacement over the week. He's a guy who his strikeout rate slowly keeps coming down by years. You know, he's down in the low, closer to 30 this year, which, you know, obviously isn't a great strikeout rate, but it's way better than he's done in his career. He's, he's got a career high batting average. He, it's up in the 230s. Um, you can even see with his uh, batting average on balls in play, it could be a little bit higher, even though that number is always going to be low for him with the way he hits fly balls and gets shifted and stuff. Um, and, um, you know, I think Joey Gallo is, is a guy who is currently playing his way into a potential, uh, you know, and get traded to a contender potentially. So, uh, very interesting, um, very interesting guy to look at. And, um, obviously, an entertaining player. Watch him hit those home runs he hits sometimes. So, yeah, Joey Gallo is is one of the more more entertaining players, like you said. Some of the home runs he hits is just insane. And he could be a guy that gets an uptick if that new, uh, you know, ban the shift rule comes through this out in this off season. Um, cause he's a guy who pulls the ball, like you said, in the air, but it, yeah. he, he suffers a lot cause of that, you know, that second baseman yeah. that plays short right field. So it'll be, yeah. uh, it'll be interesting yeah. to see where of he course, Of course he's, he suffers mainly from striking out at a 35% clip. Oh yeah. But, <laughs> but he, would, but, he, would, he yeah. would be a little bit better if, yeah, he would. if, you know, that, I mean, not, not insanely, but you know, 10 to 10 to 20 points yep. on his batting average. Probably. 
Um, before I name mine, I, I know we talk about him a lot, but even you go back on the week that Shohei Otani had. I mean, he hit five more homers this week. Leads the league yeah. in homers now. Um, you know, had a had a t- hit two eighty six this week, but his bat- batting average on balls in play was point zero seven seven. So yeah, I didn't uh, didn't have much luck. Not much luck at all, and he hit five homers and, and seven RBIs. Yeah. But uh, no, the guy that that I wanted to go with this week is uh, I, I kind of wanted to talk about his his season and maybe even his career a little bit in general, and just gives a little bit of a, a perfect opportunity. Um, and that's Willie Adamas. You know, we talked about him very briefly earlier this year when he got traded from Tampa Bay to uh, to the Milwaukee Brewers. He had a fantastic week this week. I mean, a, a 360 batting average, a 484 on base, a 720 slug, you know, a t- 220 WRC plus, hit you know two homers, nine runs, five RBIs. Um, but he's a guy who has usually struggled. Um, he's been very vocal at the time about hitting in Tampa Bay that he couldn't really see the ball that well. Um, and if you look at his career numbers, uh, a 221 batting average, you know, at home, which I know batting average doesn't show everything, but compared to a 299 on the road, so obviously there's some you know discrepancy there that you can easily tell. Um, I, I couldn't find the exact numbers what he's done with Milwaukee since he he left left them at, at home at least, but he's been somebody who has always said that the Tropicana Field was a hard place for him to hit. Um, and on the road, he had always been a lot better of a hitter. And now that he's went to Milwaukee, you know, he, he's had a week like this, but he's really picked it up all year long. And it, it's interesting to see what a guy who, you know, he was still a big part of that Tampa Bay team with the energy and stuff he brought, but what he's been able to do for this Milwaukee ball club and the way that he's been hitting since he gets, got traded over there. Um, you know, it, it's a really good feel good story at least. Yeah, no doubt. Um, very cool to, to see Willie Damas play well and um, especially, you know, kind of got shipped off because someone, because the new kid was, was coming in. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, you look at him and, and that's, he's been, he was, he had an impressive week, but uh, pitchers wise, um, you know, I look at, uh, I was, I was going to pick uh, Detroit's uh, Willie Peralta for my pitcher. Um, he's got a, uh, in 12 innings this week, he had two starts. Um, 8.25 walks per nine, which isn't fantastic, but he didn't walk anybody. Like, literally, he walked zero. And, um, you know, he's get, got the ball on the ground at a 70% rate this week, So and didn't give up a run in those two starts. So uh, good stuff from Willie Peralta from, from Detroit. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, cool to see somebody bounce back like that. I, and especially, I, I think Detroit's a really good place for a guy like Willie Peralta because – wasn't he the one that when he was in Milwaukee led the league in giving up homers like a couple years in a row or something like that? Uh, I think he was, if I'm not, not mistaken. Sure, maybe so. Um, and, yeah, you know, it looks like it looks like he gave up a lot of homers. So yeah, and, and going to a place like Detroit, you're not going to give up many homers in that ballpark. It's really hard to to give up homers a lot in there. So he might be a piece, um, you know that. Maybe they trade him off. He's having a really good season. I mean, he's only pitched in five games, but a two fourteen ERA this year. Um, you know, if you can trade him off and maybe get a you know low level prospect back or something at the, the deadline, it might be something interesting. But really good week from Willie Peralta. He was one of the guys um, that was on my list to pick, but you you uh, you snatched him up before I could get him. So yeah, <laughs> really good one. Uh, but I, I don't think you'll be too disappointed with who I picked for my pitcher of the week, anyways. Um, you you kind of mentioned him a little bit beforehand um, in the All Star Game team that maybe a potential starter, uh, but that's Nathan Eovaldi. 
usually we like to pick guys on a two-start week. He only had a one-start this week, but I, I kind of wanted to, to touch on him, you know, for his season overall and, and kind of his career. Kind of my theme this week was uh, guys who have had a resurgence with since going somewhere else or, or you know, bouncing back with Nathan Eovaldi. Um, you know, this week he had a seven innings pitch, zero runs, zero walks, six strikeouts. Like you said, a 255 ERA on this year. He, uh, you know, he's battled injuries the past couple years. He, had, you know, 2020 he had nine starts. In uh, in 2019 he pitched in 23 games, but he only started 12 of those, and that was because he was coming back from you know injuries a little bit. So they they wanted to put him in the bullpen. Outside of that 2018 season, when you know he was one really one of their saviors in that postseason run, um, when they beat the Dodgers in the World Series, he pitched that a lot of that 18 inning game out of the bullpen. Um, and it, kind of a journeyman. I mean, he pitched in one, two, three, four, five different spots in the Boston for four years, Miami, Dodgers, Yankees, the Rays. Um, so really good story for Nathan Eovaldi this year. And then just a guy that, you know, he had a really good week. And I kind of wanted to mention him because, like you said, he's had a fantastic year um, leading the American League in war. So deserved a little bit of a, more recognition. Yeah, no doubt. I'm, I'm happy for him. So. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, next week, we'll talk to you. Like I said, the uh, actually, we'll be talking to you as the All-Star Game is happening. Um, the Home Run Derby will have already happened. The MLB Draft will have already happened on Sunday, so we might get into that a little bit. Um, where's Jack Leiter and the Kumar Rocker and stuff go? But talk on that stuff next week and then kind of hit more about this All-Star stuff. And, and I think more of a, I think we're going to do a season breakdown so far next week because uh, save that for that kind of a break, so. Yeah. Interesting episode to look forward to uh, for next week. But as always, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Batflip Podcast, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Yep. Thank you, everybody.